We're going to turn to Acts chapter 1 this morning. Acts chapter 1, and I'm going to give you a little fair warning. I always think forewarned is fair warned. Right? I'm going to ask for some testimonies this morning, and I'm going to expect you to participate. Thank you for that rousing applause. (laughs) No, I'm not going to ask you to take a microphone or to speak, but there's going to be times when I'm going to ask some of you to stand as a living testimony of Jesus Christ. I want to remind you that we're made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And your testimony not only helps you to be an overcomer, it demonstrates to someone else that there's hope in Jesus. Hello? Somebody needs to see and hear your testimony. But do you know that your testimony is proof? It's the proof of a living Savior. I come to preach Christ today. I come to preach Christ crucified today. I come to preach Christ resurrected today. But I come to prove Christ today. He said, can you prove Christ? I'm going to do my best. See, there's things you've just got to believe. See, faith is the substance of things hoped for. But faith is not hope. Faith is now. Hope is future. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. I know when you put something on trial, you present evidence of things that the jury wasn't there to see. Somebody hear me? Faith is the substance. It's not abstract and it's not blind. Faith has substance. And I already told you that faith is now, hope is future. It even starts at now, faith is. When? Now. You say faith was or faith will be. No, faith is. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen, or one translator wrote, of things not yet seen. Oh, yeah, there are proofs. People think blind religion and blind faith. There's a lot of blind people in religion, to be sure. But the ones that are in Christ can see clearly, even if their natural eyes are blind as a bat. He evidences himself all around us every day. In Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, Luke is the writer. He wrote Luke's gospel. Luke, the physician, an apostle, disciple of Jesus Christ, 
historian gave great account in his gospel, but he was, gives the history of the church, but the book of Acts is not just history. Most of the church world has relegated the book of Acts to a historical account. The book of Acts is the testimony of the power of God for the church world today. You go read, Acts has, is the only book in the New Testament that has no ending because it hasn't ended. Most of your Bible printers start out the book with the Acts of, of the Apostles. That would be incorrect. It is the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And he is still active today. Every church growth program in the world is looking for a way to fill up a building. And if you just filled up a building, you've done nothing but build a great club. But if you seek the Lord and you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, you can fill up a building with power that will manifest in the numbers of people. You ain't hearing me. John Osteen used to say, and I said John Osteen, just to make sure y'all heard that right, I said John Osteen used to say, it's time that the church got out of the book of Numbers and got into the book of Acts. Because when you get out of the book of Numbers and get into the book of Acts, you'll get the numbers. Because the power of God changes lives. Somebody hear me today, young to old. The power of God changes lives. The old hymn says, you ask me how I know he lives. Wouldn't that be the question on Resurrection Sunday? Is you ask me how I know he lives? Maybe I can answer that this morning. Acts chapter 1 says, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Did you notice something? He didn't do it. He began to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he had also, listen to me, to whom he had also presented himself alive after his suffering, by many infallible proofs being seen by them during the 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. I'm going to keep reading just for a second. It said, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. I wanted you to just hear something, that the Great Commission is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That was the command that still rings through the ages today, is to go and preach the gospel. But before he ever sent them to go, he commanded them to stay. That's important. Because what he says, he commanded, did you notice that word? He commanded them. 
not to depart from Jerusalem until they received the promise of the Father, which he has said, you have heard of me. I'll tell you just as a preface, uh, the beginning, that God never intended his church to go into the world powerless. It was never his intention for them to face the powers of, of hell and the fallen world powerless. He presented himself through many infallible truths, proofs, being seen for 40 days and speaking of all the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, in light of what I just said, when you had come together, he asked them, asking, they asked him, asking, Lord, will you again at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And by the way, that's still the question being asked today. Not much has changed. Lord, will you again restore the kingdom of half the nation or so? Will you again restore the kingdom? Uh, just keep moving, J.R. I'll say this, they were looking for a political answer. They were under Rome's heel, and they thought their Messiah was going to come and set up a kingdom and destroy the kingdom of Rome and bring Israel back to, prom to prominence. It's why they scattered when they killed him. They thought he was just another great speaker. And when he, when he died, they thought that they had been duped, quite frankly. Where are you, church? But then he presented himself alive. You may already be questioning. Ah, uh, somebody in this room watching today, in this room, there's no doubt that this many people in the room, there's people in this room right now saying, ah, oh, preacher, it tells a good story. And I've heard it all my life, and there's some good things that come out of that old book. But I don't know if I believe all that. Oh, I know he lived. It's a, by the, it's a historical, indisputable fact that a man named Jesus of Nazareth walked this earth. Nobody disputes that. The most influential man that ever lived, whether you love him or you hate him, it's undeniable. Oh, the atheist that makes them furious. That, that, by the atheist, I mean the fools. Why do I say that? Because the Word of God says a fool has said in his heart, there is no God. It makes them furious, this man. But how important was he? Was he? We mark time by his entrance. Still today, you know what? The Muslims mark time by Jesus Christ. The Hindus mark time by Jesus Christ. The Buddhists mark time by Jesus Christ. The secular humanists mark time by Jesus Christ. The radical atheist that hates it and denies it mark time by Jesus Christ. 
Ask me how. I know he lives. He says, therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you again at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know. Times or seasons which my father has put away in his own authority. I can't even get the scripture read because somebody needs to know there's people that demand answers to things that they don't understand. Maybe it's you. Have you ever demand, make a demand that why would God allow all these things to be as they are? Why is this and why did that? There are things that God has held for his own knowledge. And the original problem, listen to me, before we even go to the you need to understand that the original problem, the original temptation, the original scheme, the original deception was when the serpent came and convinced Adam and Eve that God was withholding information from them and that, and that, they, that they could be like God. You ain't hearing me. It's still the problem today. And especially today, we've come to a place where people want their own truth, the things to be, the reality, the reality to be their own reality. And they made themselves as God. It was the original problem, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. He said, God knows in the day that you eat of it, you will be like him. Having the knowledge of good and evil. There is knowledge then and still today that is not yours. Are you here? Is it oh again you're talking about blind faith? No, you're talking to, we're not faith is not blind. Faith has eyes. It sees clearly. It, but it is faith, it is trust, and it is obedience. And there's, of all the years of reading this book, and all the years of study, all the sermons I've ever heard, every class I've ever took, it's come down to, true, to two truths that I can stand on, and it's universal to you too, and it's, it's profound, it's prolific, it's astounding, it's amazing, and I'm about to give it to you. It's taken me 52 years, and I'm going to give it to you for free right now. There's two things that I can know for sure. That there is a God in heaven. And I'm not him. And neither are you. It's not for you to know the times of the seasons, which the Father has put in his own authority, but you, it's now it's back to you, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses into Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. That's God's plan in just a few short verses. He presented himself alive with infallible truths.
He's still presenting himself alive today. Oh, if I could just see a miracle, preacher, I would believe. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You'll believe when the Holy Spirit convicts your heart and you surrender your pride to a holy God. That's when you'll believe. He called it a wicked and perverse generation that seek a sign. He said, he talked about, blessed are you who believe because you've seen, but it's greater to believe when you haven't seen. Oh, shit, preacher, you're talking about things I haven't seen again. I, he said he presented himself alive with infallible truth. If I could just see, why are you saying, if I could just see? There were 12 men that walked with him and lived with him, went about with him everywhere he went. They saw him open, blinded eyes. Oh, these were not imposters. These, these were the chosen, the inner circle. They saw him open, blinded eyes. They saw him unstop deaf ears. They saw him raise the dead. They saw him multiply a boy's lunch to feed the multitudes. They saw him turn water into wine for, for an entire wedding party. They saw him walk on water. And those things are amazing. But there was one thing that astonished even them. They saw him speak to the elements from a ship in a great storm where they all thought they were going to die. And he just stepped out and said, peace, be still. And it went from turmoil to slick as glass in an instant. And it says that they marveled saying, what manner of man? is this, that even the winds obey his voice. They saw him at Jairus' house when he raised a dead daughter. They saw him with a woman with an issue of blood that everybody knew was sick, that it dried up in just a moment. He told them exactly how it was all going to happen. And Peter tried to say, rebuke him for saying he was going to die and he rebuked Peter and said get behind me Satan they saw it all he told them exactly how it was going to play out they had the prophets telling them how it was going to play out they had him with his own mouth telling them how it was going to play out but they saw him be arrested they saw him in a mock trial. They saw him carry a, that go to a whipping post. They saw him carry his own cross. They saw him. By this time, though, they began to scatter. Only John went to the cross itself. But the multitude saw him being nailed to a Roman, by a Roman executioner. They saw him being speared in his side. They saw, they saw the midday sun turn to blackness when he, when he gave up the ghost and said, it is finished. The, by the way, the greatest words in the history of mankind and the greatest moment through all of eternity was the moment that he cried out and said, it is finished. And the... And the Skies grew dark, and the earth shook. And even a Roman soldier 
made a declaration in that moment that said, truly, this must be the Son of God. Not the moment. Enough. Sit down. Truly, this must be the Son of God. And all of creation stopped. And by all accounts, it looked like defeat. It looked like hell had won. It looked like it was over that even the ones that walked closest to him that saw every miracle scattered and lived in fear. To the point that when he showed up among them, when Thomas wasn't there, he said, I won't believe until I see his hands and touch his side. See, it's not the miracles that you could see that would cause you to believe. It's not the miracles that you could see that would, that would, that's going to cause faith. It's when the power of the Spirit of God comes into your life and you know that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. See, it's not going to be by the right. See, he don't, he'll do miracles, and he still does. He'll, he'll, he'll change hearts, and he still does. But you're, you're waiting to see, uh, to making a demand on God to let me see my way. It's always been the problem. Because God doesn't operate your way. He operates his way. There came a time when, just when he walked in the room, When he saw Thomas, see, there was no condemnation. Thomas gets a bad rap. There was no condemnation. Because you know what? We would be the same way. People have always been the same way. They parted a Red Sea and walked across it and then wanted to go back to Egypt because they had onions and garlic. No, that's not the proof. The proof is in changed hearts and changed lives. The proof is in people passing from death unto life. The proof is the proof is not wars that have been fought blasphemously in his name. The proof is not great orifices and, and edifices of, of man's creation of building cathedrals and, and religious systems. That's not the proof. That's the proof of, of, of man's hijacking of what he's done. The proof is in, I once was blind, but now I see. The proof is, when I once was a wretch, I remember who I was. The proof is that, 
this, this salvation through Jesus Christ and this power of the Spirit. See, there's a lot of people, even the power of the Spirit, they'll say, that stuff's of the devil. It's a dangerous place to attribute the things of God to the things of the devil. Somebody in this room hear me very closely. You, it is a dangerous place to attribute the things of God to the enemy. Talking about gifts of the Spirit, manifestations of the Spirit. Oh, that's of the devil. That tongue-talking stuff is of the devil. I will beg to differ with you, sir and madam. If it's a devil... Brother Michael, it's the only devil I ever seen that would cause people to fall in love with the Word of God. It's the only devil I ever seen that will take a round and fight and drunk heathen of a man and turn him into a soft-hearted, compassionate human being that no longer beats his wife, that no longer runs to every bar in the city, that no longer is known for being a fighter and a scrapper and, a, and don't pay their bills. If it's a devil... You better bite your tongue. You're on, you're on the verge of something that you can't handle when you're attributing the things of God to the enemy. If it's a devil, it's the only devil I ever seen that, that set people free from drug addiction. It's the only devil I ever seen that cleaned up somebody's filthy, nasty life, uh, language. It's a, if, if it's a devil, it's the only devil I ever seen that gave people the courage when they couldn't stand up for anything, that gave them enough backbone to stand up to what was right and what was wrong. If it's a, I'm talking about the infallible and in, in truth that he came, that he died, he was resurrected, and that he changes lives today. The infallible truths are in the lives of every believer that once was lost, but now they're found. The infallible truth is in the, the man and the woman that was on their way to hell and everybody knows it. We're made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony. I could go on, but I'm going to stop right here because I want to know something. Well, actually, I'll, I'll declare something before I ask something. I'm going to come right here first. Stand up with me. Just stand up. Just stand up. You want to see infallible truth? You want to see undeniable evidence? Is that a true story? Is that a true story? Did he change your life? Did he take all year to do it or just like that? Just like that. Right there. Right there. You can sit down. Stand up. <laughs> Luther, did he change your life? Yes, sir. Did he bring you out of dead religion? Did he set you free by the power of God? Yes, Fill you with his spirit? Yes, sir. Change your life? Yes, sir. Turn everything around? Yes, sir. Save your mom and dad? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, he did. Infallible truth. Can I ask you a question if you wouldn't be embarrassed? Is there anybody in this room that used to be a drunk? Stand up. If you used to be a drunk, 
Is there anybody in this room that used to be a drug addict? Stand up. All over this room, stand up. You're looking at an infallible truth of the saving power. Is there anybody in this room that your life was an absolute wreck, torn apart by family division and divorce, that you didn't think you could even take a breath, you didn't think you could live through it, but he came into your life and he healed your wounds and he set you back on solid ground and he's restored your life from destruction. Are you in this room? Would you stand up? Would you stand up? Would you stand up? They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Is there anybody in this room that was meaner than a junkyard dog and you would fight at the drop of a hat and you'd bring the hat so you could drop it? Are you in this room? Some of you is already standing. I see you waving. Is there anybody else who wants to stand? Yeah. He relieves. He redeemed my life. From destruction. Is there anybody in this room? Oh, I could go. That you couldn't sleep at night because you were in the horror of what would happen if you didn't wake up. Are you here? Is there anybody in this room that just remembers the day, the remarkable day that you passed from death into life? That you once was lost, but now you're found. You were blind, you was blind, but now you see. Is there anybody in this room? You were bound by pornography and filth and sexual immorality and God sets you free in this room. Look around, look around, look around. Come on, look around, look around. Musicians and singers come. Look around, look around, look around. You ask me how I know he lives. Somebody hear me. You ask me how. I know he lives. How? He lives within my heart. <laughs> rejoice, rejoice, oh Christian. Lift up your voice and sing. Eternal hallelujahs. You don't have to find it yet. To Jesus Christ the King. I love this line right here. The hope of all who seek him. The help to all who find. None other is so loving, so good, so kind. Sing it, find the key. Just start at that chorus. He lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. Talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me 
serve a risen Savior. What you've seen and you felt in this room today, there's somebody in here, somebody's in here you've never felt or heard before in your life. Oh, you've heard about religion, but you've never heard about a risen Savior that changes lives and seen the evidence all around you that it's true. 
See, there's many things that's done in, in the name of Jesus that's, that's hellish, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's false accusation that people do in his name. See, no, he's a loving, living Savior that changes hearts and changes lives. Maybe you're bound in drugs and alcohol. Maybe you're bound in some other addiction. Maybe in, in, in pornography or perversion. Or maybe, or maybe you're just hard-hearted. Good-natured. I know plenty of people that were good-natured, just hard-hearted. But today, he'll set you free. Let me tell you, today he will set you free. He's not picky about who he sets free. He said, he said that if someone comes to him seeking, he said he will in no wise cast them out. He said that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He will change you now. Is there anybody in this house, heads are bowed, eyes are closed, I'm not going to call you forward or none of those things. But as a, as a sign of surrender that the, that the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart, is there anybody in this house today that you say, I need this risen Savior? Anybody across this room? Come on. You're kidding yourself. You're kidding yourself. Is there anybody in this room that will say, I, I need, I want to be the, the testimony of his infallible truth are you here today i'm asking now nobody's looking around are you here come on come on this is what we're going to do because you need to have the courage to, to at least acknowledge that you need a savior today but what he really needs is your heart every voice in this room every single voice every one of without exception not quietly out loud pray together listen to me repeating words after a preacher won't save you but if you confess with your heart the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead the Bible says that you shall be saved when he saved you you'll become a new creation he'll change your heart he'll change your life when we pray this words if you if there's surrender in your heart and faith in your heart that you're looking towards he'll save you today on your confession of faith every voice in this room father in heaven i need you i'm a sinner in need of a loving savior lord today i confess that i'm a sinner and lord i lay my life at your feet I surrender who I am and everything I have to you. Lord, today I confess you as my Savior, as my Lord, as my God. Wash me, cleanse me, separate me unto yourself, and I will serve you the rest of my life. Thank you for coming, living, dying in my place. Today I accept you and love you as Savior. And I thank you and ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you pray that prayer with faith in your heart, everything in your from young to old, everything just changed.
And I'm going to tell you something. There's going to be an enemy because the Bible says when the sower of the seed scattered the seed that the birds immediately came to devour the seed. The enemy is going to come to you and say, ah, nothing really happened to you. Y'all understand Southern, G-I-T? Get. Get. He saved you. He'll change you. You just become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away. Behold, all things are becoming new. And Mag Church and every believer in this house, welcome them to the family of God. Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian.